Welcome to Kev and Kev Talking Sports. I'm Kev. And I'm Kev. NFC East Kev. Yeah, happy to talk about some NFC East action, Kev. Heck yeah. I mean, this is season three. Now we're into episode two. All football all the time. I mean, this is this is exciting, man. Things are uh, things are happening. Things are rolling along. Like training camps are going to open in a couple of weeks. Like we're I almost know. we're almost there. Yeah. I mean, we're getting getting some things done. I mean, uh, geez, you know, just today, Baker Mayfield, big changing trade. teams. It's official. Big trade. Finally, I think we called it. Right? Did we call it? I don't. I don't think we called it. I think we called. It. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say we called it. So what what are the Browns going to do with? No quarterback. It's a pretty, pretty, uh, it's a bold strategy, as they would say on the ESPN Ocho. Yeah, I know. Actually, now that you, you mentioned that, I think you called Baker Mayfield actually being their starter for the first half of the season. <laughs> for Cleveland. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, for Cleveland. Well, I mean, I, I couldn't imagine what else they would do. Well, they're going to do this. They're going to trade their guy. <laughs> I think Cleveland could be in some trouble for about the first half of the season, or <laughs> we'll see. I don't even think they're, by the way, I was looking, you know, I've been looking at over unders for all the teams. I couldn't even find Cleveland. Yeah. They're, I guess they're, they're off, off the board. grid. I don't even know where no. you would put them, but it would probably be in the sixth range or something. Right. I mean. Yeah. Well, we're going to be getting to the NFC South um, Carolina. So, you know, we debated a little bit off the air. I mean, does this make a huge difference for Carolina? And I think our, our first thought is probably not maybe a win or two that they improve, but we'll give, give us a couple of weeks to think on that. We're going to be evaluating the NFC South two yeah. weeks from now. And then the AFC North is the week after that. So that's when we'll get into Cleveland. So we'll, we'll yeah. talk more about that a little bit down the road, but that was the big news of the day. Yeah. And that's otherwise it's NFL, man. We did the AFC East last week. We're doing NFC East this week. Mm-hmm. Just want to thank our listeners and the people who've been uh, watching on twitch k and k sports we've had a lot of fun doing that and we we continue to kind of work on some of the technical aspects but it's fun to have the fan interaction right there in the comments so if you haven't joined us yet uh wednesday nights at 8 p.m on twitch k and k sports we're having a good time and uh, we'd love to have more people in there watching and commenting yeah, that's that's 8 p.m. Eastern time. I don't want our West Coast fans to get confused there. So, hey, yeah. and our global fans, you know, yeah. so well, I mean, right. that goes with I think they're savvy enough to understand what we mean. But but yeah, Eastern uh, Eastern Standard Time, 8 p.m. on Wednesdays. We're enjoying that. Follow us on Twitter at Kevin Kev Picks. We post a lot of things throughout the week, just additional thoughts. And as events happen and transactions come up, so uh uh, yeah, so things are happening, man. We're this is the year of Kevin Kev talking sports. We've been waiting all year for this, so here all we go. Year. We are good to go. Well, we're we're talking NFC East this week. You got any just preliminary thoughts about this division or reflections on last year's uh, happenings? Yeah, I mean, it was all Dallas last year, right? So, I mean, last week we talked about it's the Bills and the in the AFC East. I don't think Dallas is quite up to snuff with the Bills. Like, I don't Mm-mm. think they had the same sort of off-season success to, that means they're going to keep their winning ways alive. And I think you and I are probably going to talk about this in detail, but our guest who's coming on as well is going to have a lot of insight about the Cowboys. 
This division, the NFC East is, this is like a different team. Every season seems to win it and they tend to be really close. We're going to talk a little bit about the the over under win total predictions, but Vegas has all of these teams between like seven and 10 wins. So I think division games become really important. And we're going to talk about this as we go through, you know, is there a team or teams that can go four and two or five and one? You mentioned last season, the Cowboys six and oh in the division and they run away with it. So is that going to happen again? So we jump in there and start with the, uh, with the giants. Yeah. Let's start off with everybody's favorite team. The the New York football giants, the New York football giants. I'm going to take the lead on this one. And, you know, one of the things that strikes me as I look at last year's team and kind of off season moves and things like that, is it a good or bad thing for a team that went four and 13 a year ago, of all the teams we've evaluated to this point, they lost more players from last year's roster than anybody, but by a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, they have, I think, 10 starters returning. So 12 gone and a lot of other kind of significant role players gone. Now, when you're four and 13, your players probably aren't that great. So they need to kind of get rid of those guys. But that is just a massive amount of roster churn for a pretty bad team. You know, and I think the better teams in the NFL, there's always going to be moves, right? There's always players who come and go, but the better teams, you've got a consistent core and the Giants are just all over the place. I mean, this is just a complete <laughs> overhaul. Yeah. yeah. So that's one thing we kind of need to look at, you know, is, is it a net gain or a net loss? All of those players moving in and out the door. And then the other thing, and this is a, a consistent theme, you know, from last week's discussions and then more this week it's a quarterback league right and and so many of these teams the question is is this quarterback the guy and I think Daniel Jones is another one where you know they didn't renew his contract he's in that kind of final year of the rookie deal and unlike the Jets we talked about last week unlike the Dolphins I don't think you can really credit the Giants with giving Daniel Jones all the weapons he's going to need a lot of churn, a lot of changes. There are a bunch of new faces coming in, but I don't look up and down that roster and feel like, Dan, there's no more excuse for Daniel Jones. I think there's still plenty of holes and, and plenty of excuses, you know, particularly wide receiver. Like he just doesn't have a whole lot of weapons. I'm not particularly optimistic on the Giants and kind of where they're going to go this year compared to last year. I think when we look at the schedule, it starts out really tough. You know, I think the, their first six games, they might win two of those games. And then they hit an interesting kind of crux of the schedule. They have game in October. They play at Jacksonville and at Seattle. And then they have a bye. And then they have Houston and Detroit at home. And those are four of the kind of weaker teams in the NFL. Can they muster up a 4-0 and stretch in the middle of their season? You know, I mean, it, I think the optimistic perspective, you look at this team and it's like, They could be like seven and four, you know, heading into the final stretch of the year, but they wrap up with Philadelphia at Washington, at Minnesota, Indianapolis, at Philadelphia. Then there's a game at Dallas. I mean, it looks like kind of a one and six closing stretch for this team. So even if they can kind of do some things early in the season, it just doesn't, uh, doesn't feel to me like a team that has a whole lot of upside. Well, their over under is seven and a half wins at most of the sports books right now. So, yeah, 
What, what did you pick? Did you say a number? Do you have an idea? I haven't yet, but I, I have them going five and 12. Okay. And again, I think it, I have them losing both of those games at Jacksonville at Seattle. I think those are kind of the two sort of kind of barometer games, you know, if they can win both of those, then maybe you get to that seven, but I, I don't think so. I just, again, I don't view them as good as either the jets or the dolphins who we talked about last week, they're kind of similar situated teams, you know, mm-hmm. but I don't think they've done as much to, to help their young quarterback. Like you said, all that turnover means, I mean, they had a lot of draft picks, right? They picked a lot of yeah, pretty quality guys in the draft, but I mean, that doesn't translate right away. So, you know, I, I also have them five and 12, exactly. Just like you said, and I have them beating the Panthers, Seattle, Houston, and both of the Washington games. Okay. Improvement of one game over last year, but not even sniffing the over-under for wins. Yeah, and, and I think the um, the kind of more pessimistic view, you could conceivably see the wheels just coming off for this. You know, they could go 2-15 and 15 if some things don't pan out. You know, I just – I don't think there's a whole lot of reason to, to see them beating – even the mediocre teams in the league, you know, it's funny. Everybody's so excited about Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley being fantasy super prospects this year. I just, I don't know. I I think it's fool's gold in a way. Yeah. Yeah. It's risky. It's I mean, I think there is some upside there for Saquon and I'm glad you mentioned him. I meant to bring him up. He's kind of the key to the whole team. You know, if he can come back and be as good as he was in that rookie year, then Mm -hmm maybe they get closer to that upside, but yeah, you're right. I mean, he hasn't really done it so far. He's been injury prone. He might get knocked out again. Who knows? And then Daniel Jones just doesn't really have any weapons. Yeah. He'll be running for his life for sure. Well, I mean, yeah, the giants are not the cream of the, of the division. (laughs) They're not going to be near near the top. They're not going to scare. Well, listen, we'll, we'll transition to some of those better teams in a second. Let me ask you, can I ask a trivia question here? Just a, oh, a quickie? Of course you can. A quickie. All right. So yeah. we're talking New York Giants here, baby. We're talking, this is one of the proud NFL franchises, Super Bowl winners. Yeah. When was the last time the New York Giants won more than six games? More than six games? Oh, my gosh. 2013 or 14? I don't know. Something like that. Oh, come on. You're selling them short, Kev. No, they won six games just three <laughs> years ago. 2016. 16. Okay. Who was they the went 11 time? and five and they lost the wild card game. But I would point out they won six games both of the previous two seasons before that. So, oh, well, that's solid. Yeah. So it's a little blip on the radar. Now, my research is not definitive on this, Kev, but I did kind of scan the most likely suspect. I think that's the longest streak in the league. Since since having a six-win season? Yes, winning six or fewer. Oh, I wow. think the Giants have now kind of bottomed out. They're, they're the worst team in the league by that measuring stick. You know, can you not win more than six games? This is a proud franchise, man. I mean, they have just, just they have fallen on hard times. And again, I, I don't think they're going to get there this year either. So, well, listen, um, do we need to phone a friend here for a, for a minute? We had great success with that last week, but let's try somebody different. How about that? Yeah. Well, what, what are you thinking? Who should, who should we call up? Can we call a family member? We, well, we certainly can. What do you got in mind? Uh, let's, let's go for the, the Kev trifecta. Oh my goodness. 
The what Kev do you think? Are we calling up Kev number three? Kev number three is on the waiting line. He's ready to go. Oh, sounds awesome. All right. We're going to transition to talk about some Cowboys and some Eagles with Kev number three. All right, welcome to the show, Kev number three. Kev number three? How many Kevs do we have? strange. Kevin, <laughs> thanks for being with us. You, Thank you guys for having me. I uh, appreciate that you didn't cut it off at two and you were willing to, uh, now you have to change all your logos and everything. Now you got I to know it. I know. <laughs> so. We're going to confuse so many people. Yeah. Well, we've been saying, you know, we want the show to keep growing. It's We're just going to keep adding Kevs. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of us once you start looking. So yeah, I know. some of us may or may not know what we're talking about, but otherwise I, I think I have all the requirements. Well, listen, why don't you uh, feel free to introduce yourself as much or as little as you want to. Just tell the folks a little bit, you know, what the heck are you doing on our show? <laughs> Absolutely. So I am an official, I guess, cousin of the podcast. And so when when my cousin mentioned they were doing some previews, um, I, I hope I can offer a little unique perspective. I uh, was born and raised outside Philadelphia, you know, Eagles fan through and through. And after college, uh, Jobs sent me to Dallas. And so now I've lived in Dallas for 15 years. And so I consider myself kind of a mole uh, insider, uh, Eagles fan living in Dallas. So that keeps the division pretty well covered and, and uh, spend a good deal of my commutes fighting Dallas traffic, listening to sports talk radio down here and, and trying to get a lay of the land. So hopefully I can bring uh, all, the, all the Cowboys nonsense and with a touch of Eagles fandom on the side. That's exactly what we need. We want to know what the Dallas people are thinking about their team. I, I expect a lot of angst and anxiety about this season, but we'll, we'll, we'll hear from you soon about that. I don't want to step on anybody's trivia toes, but we all know the trivia about the NFC East, right? We all know. Go ahead, famous, do it. Oh, when was the last year of a repeat division champ in the NFC East? Oh, that's a when good was the last time a team repeated as division champs, the same team won in back-to-back seasons. I would guess maybe the Giants? No. Of what era? Of what win. year? Coughlin era. Yeah, I was thinking Coughlin era, but no, I guess not, because they were a wild card the year they went all the way. Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe they didn't win the division. Gosh, it's been a while. Was, huh? it, was it that Super Bowl year? Like, t- t- was it 10 to 11 um, Giants? I don't know what it was. It was it was not 10 to 11. I don't know which which time. I actually pulled the list up. I was going to go with that, but but it's not 10. It's not 2010 or 2011 now. Uh, so so the Giants won in 2011, but the Eagles won in 10. You have to go further back than 2010. I mean, don't tell me it's like the Hogs. No, it can't be like that. I mean, the <laughs> no, Cowboys, no, 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 Cowboys no. won in the 90s a bunch of times. Eagles with McNabb. Oh, it's be McNabb. Yeah, McNabb, they, they won it like three or four the, times in a the row. The last time it happened was the 2004 Philadelphia Eagles where they ran off four in a row. So they won from 01 to 04. And that's like their three NFC champ losses and then their Super Bowl appearance. But since 2004, the same team has not repeated. So while the Cowboys are probably the best team in the division, it's just it's becoming kind of a fact. They won last year. They can't. They can't, can't win, win again. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can pull out this Wikipedia I'm looking at. It's it's wild. It's yeah. Football team and Giants don't do much to it, but the Eagles and Cowboys, for whatever reason, trade off enough with enough Giants sprinkled in that, that no one has repeated since the Andy Reid, Donovan McNabb, 04 Eagles. Beautiful. Well, that's, I love that trivia. That's a good way to start the show. Well, <laughs> since you've thrown out some trivia, can I, let me, let me ask one real quick before we get into the team by team breakdown, if that's okay. Sure. 
kind of similar note to that, and I don't mean to tip the answer too much, but can you tell me what team last year improved the most over the previous year? By number of wins? Yes, number of wins. It wasn't the Jets, I know that. We're not talking about that's, NFC East, are we? That's that's this season, Kev. That's this yeah. season. <laughs> I mean, just because we're talking this division, the, the Cowboys were terrible two years ago and were pretty yeah. good last year. Is that enough? Is that your final answer? That's my vote. Sure. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Cowboys are one. So there's two teams that improved by six wins. Oh, wow. From the previous year. And the Cowboys are one. And another one. Super Bowl team. Rams? No, oh, no. Bengals. Oh, okay. Bengals. Uh, yeah. yeah there but you the go. Eagles improved by five. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's interesting. There is some turnover in this division, you know, which is what you're talking about that, you know, the same team doesn't ever seem to win it. But you had two teams last year that really kind of flipped the script from the previous year. Yeah. So, enough, enough about that. Let, let's, I'm going to just turn you loose. Kev, number three, what, what do we uh, what do we got on the Cowboys for this year? So I think that they're free. The, their offseason, they say, was was people are really panning it. And I think it's interesting. They let Cooper go and they Amari Cooper and they didn't get that much in return. And then every other receiver got dealt for for all these great um, draft halls or all these great halls. And so I think the big, big question is just is Dak a top tier quarterback where he and CD Lamb are going to be enough because Zeke's washed. I think. Yeah. I mean, they're, you know, or he's certainly yeah. overpaid. And yeah. they're all the talk in Dallas is that he's actually the second best running back on the roster. And so Michael Gallup is like still hurt. The receiver core is, is really pl- and the and the other guy Cedric Wilson is is in Miami or somewhere I think mm-hmm. too. So right. is CD Lamb and this decent tight end and and they have feel like they have to give Zeke 20 carries enough. So I think their offense is going to take a step back. Their their defense I guess I mean they can't carry but their defense I don't think they're built that way but but everybody loves Dan Quinn. He seems to he's a defensive coordinator. He's like this, you know, great hire. Mm-hmm. And so, and then I do think that McCarthy's going to do enough weird things early on to cost him a game or to do something. And, and I could see that snowballing. That's his and they're in a, in a sticky, and a lot of this is, is Eagles fan hoped him, but, but he screws them up a game early on. They feel like they have two future head coaches, like both their coordinators, they think are head coaches. And so you get those rumblings. And so it just feels like one of those seasons where maybe they, they can't get out of their way. They don't score enough points. Their defense is doing pretty well. Hey, we need to keep Dan Quinn around. Hot take number one, Dan Quinn is the Dallas Cowboys head coach next season or something. So who I knows? like it. I like it. And, uh, what, what about Sean Payton? Some people are saying oh, that's that, you know, he might come back too. Yeah, Ooh. that they've been trying to make that happen for like six or seven years, I think. So ever since uh, what's ever since Bounty Gate or something, they're like, oh, maybe he'll get fired. Maybe they'll get Sean Payton and stuff. So I, I just, I mean, I do think they still might have the best roster. That the most annoying thing there's all, I mean, the favorite line in Dallas is, oh, Jerry, the owner needs to fire Jerry, the GM and all this Jerry Jones <laughs> talk. I mean, he really does control the needle and, but they've actually hit some drafts. They're actually drafting well, which is so yeah, annoying. That is annoying. At the top of the draft, at least. I mean, they got CD lamb, they got Micah Parsons, they got all these, these Diggs, first and, second round yeah. hits. They mm-hmm. got a Notre Dame guy. They got Zach Martin a few years back. So they hit all these picks, but they they still I don't know they bungled their free agency and they they've they've lost maybe a little bit um, 
through free agency in this off season that I hope they take a little step back and they can't repeat because of the no division repeat champ. So it's, it's hopefully the Eagles time. Yeah. And Dallas starts off with Tampa and Cincy and the Rams in like the first five games. I think they play all three, three of them, which, you know, they could really get off to a bad start, <laughs> you know, record wise, they might have some problems, but they finish with easy schedule. They got the Texans, the Jaguars, Washington, a couple times, uh, Washington at the end. Yeah. They sort of have an easy road to the finish and the Titans are in there. I think the Titans are going to be good, but do you have a number for them? Like, you know, 10 and a half is the over under. You think it's any chance they go over that? I mean, they certainly could just because they get four to six division wins kind of handed to them, or at least they went six and zero in the division last year, but it, it could, should be tougher. I think I 10 and seven is, is seems reasonable. You know, I, I think that's, you think they're going to beat Philly twice. No, but the other four maybe or okay. And so, and I, I have the pendulum swings for me on the Eagles. If we want to talk Eagles for a second, I think they're coached by. I mean, so I, I pulled up their page now, trying to trying to sound knowledgeable and stuff. And every single coach is, was like born in the 1980s, and they all just look like they just came in off the stands and they're wearing a hoodie and they're just hanging out on the sidelines. And so <laughs> I don't get the Sirianni guy. I don't. I don't. Yeah, doesn't inspire a lot there. Um, and it looked, there's like, it's like the 2020 Chargers staff is what we've got. And that doesn't <laughs> seem like a staff you wanted to coach or anything. So I don't, if it's not the Cowboys, I certainly would assume it'd be the Eagles. And, and you told me eight and a half seems low. Um, you have to be everything for 17 games. So right. you know, they can even just take care of the Giants and the Washingtons. Then, then they're halfway to eight and a half or, you know, almost. With, and with Philly has a much better schedule than Dallas like they don't have okay. to play Tampa or Cincinnati or the Rams they have a much better schedule I'm pretty sure I'm, unless I wrote something down wrong but I don't I don't have them I have them playing the Packers the Vikings Pittsburgh the Saints so that's a, that's those are better alternatives than Tampa Cincy and the Rams yeah I mean there, there should only be like three games that are yeah I don't know why right? I was just thinking that I don't know why it's so different maybe I wrote something down wrong but eh. and, and I mean it is that first place so Tampa's probably the first place schedule and the Saints are the the second place schedule so that would make sure. sense and right um I I'm not enough of an expert to know the 17th game they just kind of they just there's no rhyme or reason there right you just kind of get and I'm sure Jerry's like give me the the biggest eyeballs game. All right. You got the Packers. You got the, you know, like Jerry doesn't care. He sells, think, makes money, sells tickets. I think the Bengals are that team this year for them. But that's so see how they fit yeah. in. And Pittsburgh is with the Eagles, which makes more sense, you know, right, right. Rivalry, but, so that's but, a good one. Yeah. They, they're winning that trade off. So, but the Eagles, th- like, I mean, Jalen Hurts is such an unproven commodity that, the, yeah, this you know, like, this is the focus of our discussion. Is Hurts the man, or is Gardner gonna Gardner Minshew gonna push him? Oh, I think you you have to give Hurts a whole year. I I, I didn't even think about that. I, it's it's Hurts is the, is the man now. Like, is the, this is I think a year long audition, and he's got to okay. put. But I don't I don't think there's any reason to play Minshew because do the Eagles are, are the expectations in Philadelphia that this is a playoff team? I think they would need to win the division. I don't, you know, okay. I, I guess, I mean, they won a wild card last year. So, so who's to say like yeah. nine wins isn't enough and stuff, but I think both Dallas and Philly feel like they, they could put it all together and, and be all right. Or, or, yeah. I mean, if Dak gets hurt again, that's yeah. big trouble. And if, mm-hmm. if Dak gets hurt again, then the Eagles should, should clearly like win the division, I hope and feel like, but 
the Eagles last season felt like it was a little smoke and mirrors and they were like, he's kind of a college quarterback that he's able to get some wins going and, and, and some things, but I, I don't, I think the goal, it's like um, the goal of this whole season, it's a success if they know their franchise quarterback a year from now, whether it's Hertz or somebody they draft or I hate to be like, trust the process guy or whatever, but, but this is, yeah, they're not winning the Super Bowl this year or something. And if they just get some clarity on the quarterback situation, that's a good year. But the thing okay. is, I think with Hertz, I think we know he's not a superstar quarterback. You know, he's not a top 10 in the NFL guy. Question is, is he good enough? You know, you've kind of beefed up the roster around him. One of the things I'm, I'm pretty high on the Eagles this year. And I think, you know, you take a roster that last year made the playoffs. They lost almost nobody over the course of free agent. I mean, their roster is one of the most stable year to year. And then they added, you know, half a dozen really good players and a couple of good draft picks. So, you know, they were nine and eight last year, wild card team. If they can just beat Dallas, <laughs> you know, and I think we, we talked about this in the live stream, you know, if you just flip those games against Dallas, and suddenly those teams are kind of flipped in the division and Philly is the team winning 11 or 12 and the Cowboys are the team winning eight or nine. So I, I think it's a pretty clear path for them, but I don't think anybody's ever going to say Hertz is, you know, a hall of famer or top tier quarterback, but he could be good enough, you know? Yeah. And I wanted to make this point, like, I, I can't now it's all blank on my mind, but there's there's certain teams and positions that like, they can't, you, you know, that, that they just can't ever fill like, you know, third base for the whoever and stuff. And so wide receiver for the Eagles has been just insane. Like, I mean, they've just yeah. been horrible. They, mm-hmm. they, that, that converted Houston quarterback is like, was there, was the top option, Freddie Mitchell. And you can read through all this list of names and, and they, uh, that, 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 uh, the guy they drafted ahead of Justin Jefferson, you know, that's haunted me for a few years. Oh. So anyway, all that to say, if these two receivers, if Devontae Smith and AJ Brown, like they should be set if they were on if they were on another team's roster i'd say this is a top five receiving core yeah and something about eagles receivers i just i'll have to see it to believe it but okay. they they now they have the four weapons that the cowboys had last year and the cowboys all of a sudden don't really have yeah. a lot of receiver right. weapons it's, it's right. backwards in that way and so you're right if hertz is is league at with kirk cousins type and you give him two outstanding receivers a good tight end then they should be able to move the ball and, and they did make some big upgrades on defense too. They, they, they should be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They um, got a big, big tackle from Georgia. That oh, sol- yeah. solidifies the middle a little bit. Yeah. Right. And then they signed a linebacker too. So, so yeah. they were, yeah, they were pretty active. And so I think the, whatever the nine and eight last year was, 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 maybe even better than what they actually were, but, but they've improved a lot in this off season. And I would hope that, that I mean, over eight and a half feels. seems like a lock, right? Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for letting me join on. Yeah. I really, uh, it's fun talking to people and Kevin. Thanks thanks for joining us and bringing uh, some of that, uh, that Dallas Philly insider knowledge. We appreciate it. All right. Well, thanks again to Kev for sharing that knowledge on the Cowboys and the Eagles. Let, let's let's break that down a little bit more, uh, Kev. <laughs> what do yeah. you think about what he had to say? Well, dude, I thought Kev had a lot of, uh, I mean, as I expected, lots of knowledge to drop. As far as the, the Cowboys knowledge, it was very good to hear what he had to say about somebody who 
listens to the daily to the uh, talk shows and the and the locals about what they think of the team, I got the impression that they're not super jazzed about the team this year. Is that I mean, is that kind of what you got out of it? That is what I got out of it, which is interesting because you know you kind of think of the Cowboys as always you know, hyping their own team and we're going to make the Super Bowl and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But well, I'm sure at the same time, I think, I think there's some wisdom there because, you know, as, uh, as Kev number three mentioned, the uh, relying on a defense that had nine tur- uh, defensive and special team touchdowns yeah. a year ago and all those turnovers, all those interceptions, that's hard to carry over year to year. So it I almost, think that's a, it almost never happens. Yeah. Right. I think that, so that's a really good point that he brought up. I think, um, Mm -hmm. you know, they, I had kind of been thinking of their defense as pretty solid, but there's so, how much did that help them a year ago? You know, how many games did they win on account of a defensive or special team touchdown that they, they may very well not get this year. Yeah. That was really interesting for him to mention. And of course the Mike McCarthy and all the doubts about him. It's just interesting to hear that insiders, you know, in Dallas, are kind of saying the same things and something i meant to ask him i should have asked but he touched on it a little bit i mean when is it when do the people turn on jerry jones finally and and swiftly and completely sounds like there's some rumblings but yeah what did he say they've already turned on jerry jones the gm (laughs) right (laughs) right they want they want jerry the owner to get rid of jerry the gm that's right which, which is like pecking at it a little bit but Maybe the whole problem is just all Jerry Jones all the time. I mean, well, Kev, what do you think is the is the floor for this team, though? I mean, I think it's kind of an interesting thing to think about because the more I sort of look at the schedule and think about this roster, did I mention in there this was my way too early Super Bowl pick? Yeah, you, yeah, you did say. Uh, you know, that. when when we first did this at the end of last season. Mm -hmm. And there's only so bad I can see them getting, you know, I I agree with Kev number three that they, they didn't really have a splashy off season. It does feel like kind of a net loss for them. They lost some key guys and didn't really pick up uh, adequate replacements, but they have the best quarterback in the division by a lot. And, you know, I don't see them just falling off the map. So what, where, what do you think is kind of yeah. the worst case scenario for the Cowboys? Well, I think I picked the worst case scenario. Nine wins. Mm-hmm. I don't see how they could have a losing season with all that talent. And Dak's a, above, way above average quarterback. He's top 10 probably, right? I don't think he's top five, but yeah, top 10 for sure. So, you know, as long as he stays healthy, <clears throat> they're too good to lose that many games. But, you know, their schedule is really tough. Tampa, Cincy, and the Rams. Yeah. I mean, that's just going to be rough. And then they got to play Philly twice and Indianapolis and the Titans and Minnesota. There's a lot of losses in there, but I don't see them losing to the Giants or the Commanders. And I figure they'll find a way to beat a few other teams. So, yeah, nine and eight, I think, is the lowest they could be. And I'm picking that. That's my pick for them. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I picked them to go 10 and seven. But yeah, the fl- I think the floor is about nine and eight. I mean, with Dak, man, when he's on, you know, he is a top five guy. But certainly top 10. And again, in this division, you know, he's clearly the the most solid quarterback. So, yeah. So, yeah, I I think they'll find a way. They're another team, you know, that we talked about their draft a little bit in our uh, draft episode. It was kind of a head scratcher at the time, but they picked a bunch of guys. You know, the thing is, they had four picks in the fifth round. 
It's like, what do you make of that? I mean, I don't know. You don't really anticipate too many of their draft picks coming in right away and making a big splash. I guess that's where you fill in like the special teams and the, the backup, the swing guys on the offensive line and mm-hmm. things like that replacement guys. But yeah, I mean, you got to hope a couple of those pan out and then, then they've got a good draft going. So yeah. who'd they pick well, first round? They picked uh, a, an offensive tackle. Is that right? Yeah. Tyler Smith out of Tulsa. And I think at that time, you know, we, our reflection was he could turn out great. Yeah. You just, you know, you don't know that much about a guy like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm saying 10 and seven, you're saying nine and eight. That doesn't, that doesn't bode well for them repeating as division champs though. Exactly. There's room yeah. for someone to squeeze by. That's right. That's right. Uh, you got any, you got any ideas? Well, <laughs> I mean, I think our uh, cousin Kev came through <laughs> with the idea that the, the Eagles are ready to fly right past the old Cowboys. Yeah, but he's just a homer. Come on. He might be a homer. <laughs> he might be a homer, but he's also a knowledgeable homer. So that's there okay. You go. That's the best kind of homer. Well, so what do you think about the Eagles? Eagles, I, I really hate to say I love the Eagles. I've never felt love for the Eagles before. But I remember when we started our podcast at the end of last year, the Eagles were our team that we liked a lot, yeah. right? We were on them quite a bit we were they were rolling you know they were rolling yeah they and and they've done nothing but upgrade themselves right i mean they seem to have a much better offseason than the cowboys i mean i know that kev number three had some disparaging remarks about the coaching staff well not disparaging but maybe some doubts they're not not quite sold on right on the abilities of this coaching staff they're the san diego chargers cast offs <laughs> right. uh, the la chargers whatever they are but just um, saying something <laughs> yeah so yeah that that kind of scared me a little bit when he said that i didn't i wasn't that up on the coaching staff but mm-hmm. they do have a lot of guys so the question of course is going to be hurts right yep and i've said this on the live stream and i probably said it during our interview with Kevin number three, but you know, I can't wait. I think Gardner Minshew is going to make an impact on this team this year. Hmm. I do. I think Hertz is, I hate to say it. I don't think he's ready. You know, I don't know. Yeah. He's inconsistent up and down and hopefully some Eagles fans are listening and they're throwing their coffee at me, but. Well, I don't know if this is a Kev apology in the making, but, Ooh, could but be. that's kind of a hot take. I mean, that's sort of an unexpected call that uh, Gardner. So if that happens, you're still high on the Eagles is what you're saying. Oh, higher. Yes. Higher. Yeah. Uh, I think he's, I think he's going to be a better fit for them. Okay. And I loved Hertz coming out of college, but I don't, I just don't, I don't see it. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I love, you know, he can run. Mm -hmm. I don't know if his accuracy is quite there. Like I, I, last week I said Tua was one of the most accurate in the, in the, in the league and Hertz, I don't think is. No, he's not. He's not. not. But yeah. So the question with a guy like Hertz is, you know, has he reached his ceiling? Or, you know, as this team continues to, you know, improve around him and they keep bringing in weapons and, and other guys to help. Yeah. Is there sort of another level that he can read? And I'm not talking about a superstar, but, yeah, you know, good enough to, to kind of get you there. Really good draft, really good offseason. This is a team that brings back 19 starters. I talked about the Giants, you know, with all this roster churn, the mm. Eagles are the opposite. I mean, this is a team that loses almost nobody and yet they bring in a bunch of good guys you mentioned uh jordan davis in the in our conversation there i mean one of the most important picks in the draft probably you know he he will be just this 
mammoth on the defensive line for probably a decade, you know, run stuffer and then Nicobe Dean backing him up at linebacker and, you know, a bunch of other guys. I don't know about you, Kev, but like you go down that schedule. I mean, it's very manageable, you know, when it's late at night and you've yeah. had a, had a, a brewski or two, I could imagine a nine and oh start for these Eagles. You know, I'm not predicting that, but you go through those first nine games and it's like the toughest games are at Arizona and then home games against Dallas and Pitt. I'm, I'm not even sure I'm going to count a home game against Pittsburgh as a, a tough game, but you know, the other ones are all pretty manageable. I'm not sure 13, 14 wins isn't off the table for this team. You know, it's possible. I, I mean, I can see, and especially, you know, compared to the Cowboys schedule again, Tampa, Cincinnati and the Rams that is Dallas mm-hmm. has to play. And instead of those teams, Philly has to play the Saints, Pittsburgh, Arizona. I think. Did you say Arizona? Yeah. Yeah, Arizona. So, I mean, Arizona, Pittsburgh, and the Saints, or would you rather play Tampa, Cincy, and the Rams? That's oh. three-game difference right there. Yeah. May, at least two for sure, right? I mean, yeah. it's, it's crazy. two and one versus one and two, I guess. That's the and then, one. and I think we talked about this in the interview where – you kind of flip the two teams themselves. You flip Dallas and, and Philly mm-hmm. as opponents for each other. Yeah. You know, Dallas swept the division last year. I don't think they're going to do that again. I think they could lose both to the yeah. Eagles. So, yeah, they, there's the potential for a pretty hefty swing. Um, so just to kind of br- bring this home on the Eagles, the, um, the over-under Vegas odds are eight and a half games. I mean, I got to go over gotta go over i mean philly's a super trendy pick too i can't i just can't believe that eight and a half is the number it's weird i know it uh, it almost seems like one of those where it, it's too good to be true right so and last year that was the record they had nine wins right i know they were over even a year ago and they made the playoffs and, and by almost every imaginable metric they they should be better this year and their schedule is better uh, you know yeah I've, know. I've got them 12 and 5 I, I I'm half joking about, you know, these kind of fantasies of them winning 13 or 14, but it, I mean, it's not completely out of the realm of possibility. So I don't know, eight, 8.5 just seems really low. Yeah. Well, I guess we're both on the over on that one, right? Any, there's so, no more teams left in that division. Nope. That's it. Good that's talk. It. That's it. Oh, wait a minute. What? Oh, I guess boy. there's one more to go, it, but listen, before we get to, do you have any trivia or did, did we already exhaust this in the, uh, well, I asked a trivia question on the on the live stream, but I'm going to ask it again on the podcast if that's okay, because we'll see if anybody's out there paying attention and care. Sure. We'll see if I was paying attention. <laughs> yeah, you might not even remember. I don't know. It was so it was like two hours ago. Nobody. Yeah. Yeah. So real quick, I was looking at some of the first year head coaches this year, guys that have never coached as the head coach of an NFL team before. So in this division, of course, Brian Dayball is for the Giants, came over from the Bills. I don't think expectations are for him to win a Super Bowl, but there are some other coaches in the league that might have that pressure on them. Nathaniel Hackett in Denver, for instance. But I was wondering if you could name the last NFL head coach that took his first job ever and Mm -hmm. took his team to the Super Bowl and won it. So having had the benefit of hearing this question not too long ago. <laughs> I think you might I'll, get it. I'll let the fans listening at home ponder this for just a second. So I remember one was George. Seifert. Oh, yeah. 
the old 49ers. And then the other one was uh, Super Bowl five. Some guy, I think McCaffrey <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> Pretty close. Don McCaffrey for the Colts in Super Bowl five. Yeah. Yeah. McCaffrey. Only, two, only two head coaches have ever done it. So. So is the takeaway from that that uh, this is not likely to happen? Or yeah, don't look for yeah. Brian Dayball to take the Giants into the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> that wasn't exactly my pick, but maybe but, Hackett. See, now that's my pick, though. I picked Denver as my I Super Bowl pick this year, and I like Nathaniel Hackett. He was the offensive coordinator here and in Green Bay. He's got a lot of talent to work with there. So yeah, yeah. he's only he's only forty two years old. Dayball forty six years old. So, a lot so of these, you are predicting that that trend is going to be broken this year. Well, it happens every uh, 24 years in the Super Bowl. So. And we're due. Seifert was a while ago. Yeah, no, it was actually 21. So, yeah, there's no there's no good trend there. But it's like uh, Yellowstone's due to erupt every 700,000 years. And <laughs> it's been 1.2 million. <laughs> we're due. We're overdue. <laughs> we're due. <laughs> <laughs> all right on that note why don't you tell us a little bit about washington and and their fate this year well i know that everybody in our nation's capital has been waiting for the breakdown of the team but were the wins last year indicative of a, of a good team uh are they more like a two-win team or are they more like maybe they're a playoff team that lost more than they should have so i looked at the, some of the things they did they got carson wentz is this is this a, a positive thing over taylor heineke i would say mm -hmm. Not really. I like I liked Heineke. I don't know why they don't just let him play, kind of like Davis Mills in Houston. Just right. let the guy play. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think Wentz is an upgrade. I don't think it's enough to make a big difference in the team's record either. But they do have nice young wide receiver talent still, right? And the defensive line has been loaded for a long time. Uh, they got young, and they drafted another couple of guys on the defensive line. So they're just fortifying – fortifying the strength but letting other things wither on the vine so yeah it's right? kind of crazy right i mean it's like you literally take the greatest strength on the team and we're gonna draft that i mean yeah. you got holes all over the place <laughs> and yet it, and they kind of did that up and down it's like you look at their draft and they picked guys at positions that on a team that really isn't talent laden it's like you already had some good wide receivers you already had the defensive line is the strength of the team go draft something different well and know? and so to that end though they did get sam howell in the fifth which i like that pick yeah I, I like that guy he could be something kind of sneaky good yeah he could he could be the next gardner Minshew. see and this, but this is the thing it like this team now has three quarterbacks yeah that might all be kind of the same you well, know, you think you think Cleveland trades for one of those guys? I mean, I mean, maybe Heineke. Well, well, we'll have to get into this a little bit more down the road, but I think yeah. there are going to be on various rosters around the league. There are going to be these kind of third quarterbacks yeah. that wind up not making it, and and Cleveland might pick up one of those guys. That's that's a very good point. They might just be satisfied with picking up a guy and you know, sucking it up this year, yeah, waiting for next know, year, survive, survive for a little while. Yeah. But, but I totally agree with you about um, Taylor Heineke and then Carson Wentz, you know, and, and Wentz, he's one of the, now Kev number three, loved him when he was with the Eagles. He had some nice seasons there. You got a guy that the Colts couldn't get rid of him fast enough. So guys like that worry me. 
and I, I'm a little bit like this with Baker Mayfield, who we, we touched on at the beginning. You know, I don't know why a team like Carolina is jumping up and down to get Baker Mayfield when Cleveland couldn't get him out the door fast enough. Why is Washington going to be excited about Carson Wentz when teams all around the league that had a chance to get him, nobody wanted him. So I don't know. I, I don't think that's an upgrade either. There's another team where it's kind of like you're making moves, but are they adding up to anything? I mean, is it really helping? Well, I think Washington in my book. Okay. So they start off at home against the Jaguars. If they lose that game, I think they're on pace to have a really abysmal season. And, you know, I've got them winning just four games this year. Mm-hmm. So that puts them in the running for the number one pick overall. And I think oh. that's kind of what, you know, there's, there's decent quarterbacks coming out next year. Mm-hmm. It's a good year for them not to have a, a big, a big season or finish in the middle. Who wants to be seven wins when you can win four? So you have them at four and 13, is that four your... and 13. What did you, what, what did you have them at? I mean, I threw them out there at seven and 10, um, okay. which is their record every year. <laughs> you know? so I, mean. I, I, that was kind of just a default for me. It, I don't remember if we talked about it here or in the live stream, but this team just confounds me. I've, they, they may be the hardest team for me to pick. I never know what to make of them. Week yeah. to week, year to year, you know, they beat some teams they shouldn't. They lose to teams they shouldn't. Um, so I had a, a handful of games on their schedule where I just don't even know. I can't make a prediction right now, but it's kind of like, well, they're going to win half and lose half. <laughs> and right. at the end of the day, it comes out at seven and ten. But I can I'm I'm with you. I mean, I could totally see if, uh, you know, a couple things go wrong along the way. Four and 13 is totally reasonable. I don't see much more upside than that. I mean, I think seven, maybe eight, eight would be pushing it. You have to find a win here and there that, that I don't really see, but seven and 10, that's where they always land. Okay. So that's still under their, uh, their total. Yeah. I think their number is seven and a half, right? So you, you and I both agree that they're under. Yeah. And I think we're under on every team in this division, except Philly. And we're both Mm -hmm. way over for them. Yeah. Interesting. Right. So let, let's put the big uh, Kevin Kev, you know, five-star special on uh, the Eagles over eight and a half. Eagles over eight and a half is our lock of the lock of the day. Yeah. We'll change that in September, but there you go. <laughs> don't, don't hold us to it right now. No, just uh, write it down and yep. sleep, sleep well. Sleep well. Sounds right. good. Well, anything else? Uh, Super Bowl picks? I still got Super Denver. And Tampa. Let's 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 check in in a week or two on Super Bowl picks. You know, so okay. next week it's uh, AFC South. Right. We're going to have yeah. another guest. Not a not a relative this time, but uh, an expert on one of the teams in the AFC South. Yeah. Well, I mean, are you, are you excited, Kevin? Or we're getting into your neck of the woods. Oh, baby. Yeah. The AFC South. I, I know a lot about that without even doing much research. So, yeah. Well, you're going to have every- fun next week. A- AFC South. You guys, thanks for the, the support. Those of you that are listening, keep on spreading the word. Follow us on Twitter, 8 p.m. Eastern time, uh, live streams on Twitch. We're having a good time with this. And as the NFL just keeps cranking up, I think this uh, this little enterprise of ours is really good.